Chitheads and welcome to another episode of Board Chitless. I'm Lecky and this week I'm joined by... Daz? <laughs> is that a question? It's an existential Daz. <laughs> you definitely hear Daz. <laughs> Still, it is past midnight. <laughs> Tristan? Uh, I, think, I think I'm at Sam. <laughs> I'm probably Lecky, like I discussed. Um, and this week we've been playing The Ancient World by Ryan Lockhart and Call to Adventure. But we're going to discuss them... In the other order. Brilliant intro, like it. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I've worked on it for a very long time. All of 20 seconds. Mixing it up. Mm, you know it. Call to adventure. Call to adventure. It's an fantasy-based adventure game for one to four players, card-based, and it's basically a set collection. You've got a character based up of three cards. There's the character card, the... Origin, origin. motivation, and destiny. Ooh. And it's basically like level one, level two, level three, or acts one, two, and three. Um, the game plays out. You've got a market of five cards uh, across each act, and they get progressively more difficult and you are casting runes to try and complete them. So the runes is like a clever play on dice chucking, isn't it, really? Two-sided so, dice. Yeah, so instead of dice, you've got runes. Uh, basic runes are worth one point on nout. One of them will let you draw an extra hero card from an extra deck. And then when you've got, actually got skills, that your character can have intelligence, charisma, strength, all the regular sort of fantasy-based um, tropey stats then you can start adding those runes in and bringing your score up. And you can also start messing with the dark arts and bring in these sort of dark runes, which if they are successful, will give you one a success. But if they're not, they'll give you two, but sort of plunge you into darkness a little bit. So you start falling backwards on a victory track. And turn evil. You do turn evil to the point that it murders all your victory points at the end of the game, as and I experienced. You, and you pay not money, the experience points to have a go That's at those it, dark yeah. arts as well. So you're losing your money. Well, you're gambling, basically, aren't you? You are. You, yeah. You, yeah. Well, it's just a way of you've got to spend some to bring mm. those runes into the game. Did everyone have fun? Did you enjoy it? It was quite a nice sort of uh, light fantasy-based game, a bit different to the heavy dungeon crawlers we've been spamming in the past. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, th I think the first couple of rounds, maybe even the first act, felt a lot heavier than it was until it sort of clicked. And then I started going, oh, it's actually not that heavy. It felt like there was a lot going on early on. Yeah. All the different stats and then the cards not only have those stats, but they had the extra ones like you had the crowns and the scales and all these extra things that point to the end of the game. Yeah. So early on it felt like it was very deep. There was a lot more strategy and tactics and then it suddenly sort of got into it a bit more and it was like, oh, it's similar matching. Yeah. But all the rules for this game are sort of presented up front. Like you, you can try and explain it as you go along, but... By the time you've done that, you might as well have just like spent 10 minutes like Tristan did explaining what all the rules are, what all the symbols mean, and then you go into it. And not a lot changes through the axe except how difficult it is to actually defeat enemies or, you know, and get the, across challenges. The is better, which is yeah, everything it's, you expect. Really. It's, a, it's a fairly sort of linear curve. Um, by the time you've defeated three cards, so you've done three challenges and picked up some allies and stuff, then you've filled up your axe and you get to progress on to the next one. So it's, like you said, it's really straightforward. Um, it's a good teach on this game. I think that's the verbiage. You can easily learn it in your first game quite quickly and you don't feel like you've really missed out too much in those early turns. 
Uh, did you get on with it, Daz? Did you pick up the rules quite quick? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool when you, yeah, with, in, in terms of the, similar to Sam, um, what you were looking for at the start, it took me a little bit of time just to get my head around that. But once I did, it basically boils down to some of the cards are a challenge where there's a good or an evil. You get two options with each um, and you have to sort of roll that sort of value. And then the other cards, I think, was it the one where you can get a mentor as well, where you just need to match a symbol and you don't do a challenge? Is that right? Yeah. Um, don't roll for them. You just have to have that symbol. Yeah, so it'll be like, if you've got an intelligence, then you can pick it up or you yeah. can spend uh, an experience towards it. And generally the reward for that is quite low, but it, you know it fills up your hand quickly. Yeah, you start sort of gaining different icons to give you different bonuses. So essentially that's what it boiled down to. But then, yeah, amassing those icons and like working out which which route you're going to go um, or which destiny you'll take, which is kind of dictated by your destiny card, which you're dealt with at the start, which kind of gives you um, bonuses for points, which lean towards evil or good kind of thing. So it can, it puts, yeah. you, puts you down a path if you want to, to go yeah. to go good or evil uh, in it. Considering the character card draw um, for the, um, what were they, the motivation, discovery and... Destiny. 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 Destiny was the origin. Last one, wasn't it? Origin, motivation, and destiny. Those three cards you put in the tableau, um, they're all dealt out randomly, aren't they, from a shuffle? Yeah. But they actually they work quite well together. I had a student that was into dark arts and a sort of like dark destiny, and then needed to become like a high arcana arcanist, I think it said. And they all sort of work together quite well. Like you can imagine this student in a basement of a library looking at the wrong books and sort of being corrupted. And it felt like the symbols and the sets that I was trying to match throughout the game were very much linked to my character quite deeply, even though they're just three rando cards that came out of a deck. So I think probably a lot of thought has gone into that. It yeah. felt nice. It thread, Yeah, those the things you pick up along the way thread, thread into the story and somehow it, well, you interpret it how you want, but it kind of just works at the end when you look at it and it kind of does make sense. Yeah. It, it, or you make sense of it in a way, but it was quite, yeah, quite a nice sort of aspect at the end to look at what what had sort of unraveled as you were playing i felt the opposite just by devil's advocate yeah. um mine was a, a hunter natural leader who then the destiny was to get one of each of the stats so it was one each of yeah you were hunting each of the sets <laughs> <laughs> but then as hunting the, all the symbols <laughs> so as a hunter was good trying to get a bit of everything, not really focusing on anything, but then yeah. I ended up specialising in arcane magic towards the end. And then I was, next minute, I was fighting a gang and taking out a crime lord. Yeah. Those and are it, your choices, Sam. You made yeah, that they destiny were happen. Choice. Sometimes it takes <laughs> a while the, to, you know, realise what you want to do in life as is well. like you found that your, <laughs> you, you guys found that your story sort of fed into what you were doing and not, yeah. n- not necessarily choosing to, but mine felt very all over the place and yeah i took those actions i chose what i was doing so i chose the actions more than choosing the story but it felt a bit disjointed almost yeah, yeah it wasn't as as it. It, didn't, it didn't flow maybe it falls into place sometimes i, I don't know i've only played it once yeah so maybe we were i, I think i probably got the um the advance basically i got the good card draw mm. in that respect in terms of theme because it felt like a if it was a D character it'd be like a level 18 sort of 
cleric or wizard and you'd be feeling like, yeah, you've done a lot here. You've really built the character up. Whereas you compare that to like Daz's overall overarching story. It was basically like an orphan child turned to a pickpocket and then became like a sea captain. Which yeah, didn't yeah, seem really as like bold, but no. it was still is in, it's still quite interesting. Yeah. Kind of like Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the yeah, the picture at the start looked a bit like that. And it was, yeah, turned good. Raised an army. Um <laughs> as you do. people's chances. All good yeah. orphans. Do. We just lick it and yeah. sacrifice the army. But when we had the cards <laughs> laid out, we embellished it and added loads of like yeah. extra bits so it's quite, quite it fueled our imagination didn't it Which yeah good. yeah it's quite a neat little um point when like tristan turned over it's like right we've counted up all our points but what we do now is we explain to each other how our story worked it's, and, it's such a cynical thing you, we, we could have easily skipped over that and i thought yeah well, let's do it because you could do it in seven wonders you could sit at the end <laughs> and go my civilization built this much wood and had yeah. this many battles and um anyway this game obviously encourages you to do that and it gives you three or four words of flavor text per card yeah. that t- for you to string a story together. Um, and we could have quite easily just tied up the victory points and moved on to the next game. But I thought, let's just take a second to see what actually happened. And I sort of spat my story out quite cynically. But then by the time it got around to yours, Lecky, we had this dark <laughs> path of, you know, trailing into the dark heart of evil. And then um, by Dazzy's, we've got a whole story about like you say, an orphan growing up mm, and yeah. sinking ships and stuff. And this, like, we've got a script oh, actually, for a good, yeah, either a musical or Disney, <laughs> Disney film. Yeah. Daz has optioned the rights to his uh, character's arc. <laughs> it's going to be a blockbuster movie next year. It's going to be Balladin. It's going to be called cool. um, Tales of the Daz Arabian Nights. <laughs> That's going to be a T-shirt. <laughs> But the story, I guess that story stuff, if, you, if you're miffed about losing badly, you, you, you get onto the story bit. And I've forgotten yeah. who won, actually, what, what, what we ended oh, up I, with. You yeah. forgot that I won? Oh, it oh, was completely <laughs> irrelevant who won or who lost. It's, by it's a learning game. It doesn't, matter who, it doesn't matter that I won. It's about the adventure. It's irrelevant that I won. It's, yeah, it's not you relevant say, at all. You just skip over the fact that I won. What, um, what did everyone think of the sort of overall... Who lost? <laughs> There's no like real who losers. Lost. There's no... And do you find that your loss was um, made more uh, emphatic by the fact that you were evil, whereas the rest of us oh, were good? We all turned to the good side. God, yes. Pursued evil like... Well, it told me like to... had an agenda game before the like game. game. Like <laughs> the, the, my motivation was that I was ravaged by darkness. So I was like, okay, then let's go with the darkness. You didn't think and, to try and cure it? To be honest with you, I didn't look at a lot of the cards that I probably could. <laughs> Basically, my character was set out from the beginning to start on one point on the darkness track. So to go along with your character, there is a darkness versus lightness track. If you push it all the way up to light, you can have eight extra victory points at the end of the game. If you somehow mismanage it and delve straight into darkness, you actually get minus four victory points. Above that, there's zero. Above that, there's four dark victory points and then two. So there's a sort of a fine line you can tread. You can go sort of semi-bad, a bit like Deadpool, and do some naughty stuff <laughs> and get rewarded for it. But then if you get that extra bit of bad luck on a um, on a night rune draw, then it'll knock you down to zero, and then you accidentally drop down again, and then you've done, you can't use night runes anymore, and you've actually hurt you quite a lot. Yeah, and even though it knocks off four um, victory points, that's actually quite a bit in the long run of the game when everyone else is scoring eight positive. Yeah, 12 points difference, isn't it, straight it's off? huge, <clears throat> absolutely massive. And I, I took it with a bit of a pinch of salt, thinking it's not going to affect the game that much in the long run. 
and it affected it massively. Because we all maxed our... You maxed it out, yeah. 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 There's, um, so there's, we alluded to it before, there's a hero, there's two hero decks of cards, a light and a dark, and they'll do stuff like you can get an extra victory point for playing one down, and they'll give you an extra rune to play with, or they'll say you can budge your um, knight darkness versus lightness tracker up one, which is what you guys were all doing. My destiny card said that for each card that I've got in hand that I don't actually play, I can get a victory point for that at the end of the game. So I was relying on getting loads of those. But because of it, I wasn't paying too much attention to what was on those cards. So I wasn't really playing them all. I think it had one card that would let me boost the um, track anyway up towards lightness. So it wouldn't have saved the game for me. It would have just meant that I lost a few less victory points. Um, but it would have still made a bit of a difference maybe. But I was I was playing my own game and um, it didn't quite work out, but you can't blame the game for that. Well, I noticed that you, you didn't play any cards down at all, did you? And I think Tristan played about 10. Didn't, yeah. Well, yeah, um, you mean like the hero cards? Yeah. yeah. I think I played down two by the end of the game just because what, what had come out and couldn't play them down and didn't get any more draws. When I started looking through the ones that I did have and when it came to playing them, you could see there was a clear, if you took the, the darker cards... They were ways to screw over your opponents or benefit from their demise or yeah. corrupt them. Whereas the yeah. light is thematically, it, it was more like, oh, rewarding you for doing well at certain stats or yeah. boosting you a bit more. So you could see that there's an advantage, especially early on, to maybe go slightly towards the anti hero route and just start like attacking your opponents yeah. or benefiting from them struggling to then at the end flipping it to get all the victory points from being the light. Yeah, the- but it involved a bit of strategy and timing you, 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 would, you would have to spam them early on because the, the further up the lightness tracker you go then they'll quickly you, you, they become unusable like your character is too worthy and it's like i'm not going to stoop to this level to use like these yeah, yeah. The underhanded tactics it's exactly the same reason why all of a sudden i couldn't use any of my decent hero cards you know for the from the light side because it was so evil i couldn't even comprehend helping people out in the end <laughs> just like being left yeah um for a pretty straightforward set collection and dice chucker. Um, there's an awful lot of choice involved in the game. Rune which, caster. Rune casting. We should probably point out as well, we were playing the competitive mode. There is a full-on cooperative mode as well, which where you have like an adversary that you're all working together. To oh, that'd, be in, that'd be quite interesting to play, but I think it, it I'd probably it up a prefer bit, yeah. co-op. Um, competitive, sorry. I just, I just liked the fact that we're all racing each other. But yeah, like I said, there was uh, there's plenty of... Um, sort of like free agency you're not just limited to finding a card playing the card if you after a certain set of symbols that you might not be able to find immediately you can start getting rid of cards from the market by spending experience and going up against different cards that come out if you can't afford to basically if there's absolutely nothing that you can actually try and challenge then you can get rid of one for free um so there's that little catch-up mechanic that if your engine's built quite badly or you've just had the bad luck with the draw, then you can sort of catch up again without too much of a penalty. Um, if you go up against a challenge card and you lose, that disappears and you just don't get the benefit from it as well. You get experience, don't you? It's like a commiseration. Yeah, um, and these occasional cards that will come out that will say, if you've lost this round and you can buy me dead cheaply for an experience and that will sort of like stop you from getting too far behind in terms of having enough cards and to level up on your axe. So I think there was a, another nice catch-up mechanic because, um, Tristan, you were first player and you were getting a card every turn. So you were levelling up the axe quicker. So you, it was inevitable that you were going to 
fill out your tableau before anyone else could. It was quite apparent early on to me. But what I noticed was, because you were revealing those acts, it gave every person after you the chance of getting better cards onto the tableau. I think the way it plays out, everyone's almost guaranteed to get a card. It was only a couple of turns in the whole game where um, someone didn't actually yeah. get the card that they were yeah. yeah, what I meant was you were able to open up the act early, but you'd open up like the, the second level with the better cards, and then I had first dibs on it. Right, I get you. Yeah, and so then, it's like the first person to get there makes it available for everybody else. But you, but they're harder to get as well. The like, yeah. act two and actually yeah, yeah. yeah. more difficult. So yeah. you're you're sort of leveling up faster, and you're likely to trigger that end game of getting three of each act or three in each story part. And once you, but come, then once that's triggered, everybody else still gets another turn. So you all yeah. have the same number of turns. Yeah, yeah, completely. What it felt like was you were rushing ahead. You were going to be able to complete all yours, and I'd have only got you know four out of nine cards or something. Um, but even then, when you were getting the, when you were able to get them, because you, you'd opened them up, you had a lot more options available to you, and I was able to get those better cards into my tableau. So I had more like Act Two and Act Three compared to you had more Act One. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I never went back to Act One after Act Two had been unlocked, even though I yeah, hadn't so got all your of mine. First, so I was always going your first above. stage where you could get three cards in there. You had all under Act One, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah. You unlocked it first. Yeah, but it would have been like one card, and like Tristan's Act One card might have not had an extra, extra victory points on it. That's but true. Not, you, there's no guarantee that your Act Two card or Act Three card would have. Are either. you saying you went for an Act Two card straight away the turn that I unlocked it? Yeah. Right. And so did, then I was sort of putting higher level like cards. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They are, they are achievable, aren't they? They're not yeah. like completely yeah. out of reach. So if that you was what I was, yeah. I was trying to explain. It's a good yeah. catch up because. Although you're getting ahead, you unlocked. No, you explained it very well. I'm just taking a, I'm taking a while to catch up to this conversation. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I quite liked it the way it worked that way. Um, I also wanted to talk about the presentation on this game, which I think is absolutely lovely. Oh, the artwork's amazing. Cards are massive, like they're like tarot sized, aren't they? Tarot sized. I think are they bigger than tarot sized cards because they're wider as well, and the art is full bleed on the cards. There's a tiny little bit of flavor text, which. It's not even flavor text, it's just like the title of the card, like Thrill Seeker or uh, Settler. And then some of the challenge cards will give you a decision. So you'll get a title like Dark Colossus and you can either climb the Colossus or bring down the Colossus. And you just choose one of those options. Yeah. And so it gives you a super threadbare, like generic fantasy story. And then but it's you string it together as you go. Yeah. And it's got this gorgeous artwork. It does do the thing that Seven Wonders does, which gives you this gorgeous artwork. And then the game players, and now you've seen it, slide it under <laughs> your card so you'll never see it again for the rest of the game kind of thing. But I don't, I don't think it matters too much because at any given point, looking at the table, you've got all of the act cards in front of you, which yeah. are gorgeous. You've got your own character cards. The character board that you've got is nice and oh, it's super thick hefty, and yeah. graphic design super clear and simple and there's quite a few icons and everything but once you've played literally i think it was the second by the second round everybody had, was just going you know yeah. no, no more rules needed like you mentioned earlier um but yeah the the fantasy package the cover of the box the idea of just crafting a hero claiming a destiny and getting it all done in like an hour you know yeah it's a good super sort of- light Midway game Fancy experience, yeah, yeah, but not not too light, but like Seven Wonders, there's like you yeah, can, there's a lot you can sort of read balance. into it, and playing it again, obviously we'll get different character cards, which will affect it quite different gameplay quite a lot because once you know what 
sort of sets you're after and what um how your engine sort of built you can you, you're told everything that you need to know within the, in the first turn as long as you're paying attention to what your um destiny cards telling you and what your character set up for initially yeah you can just keep chasing those vps <laughs> And there's, um, there's a lot of cards in the game as well. So like when we, when we dished out those three cards that make up your character, first of all, that's three different cards that are going to shape your destiny. But also those are from big stacks of cards. So each time you'll get a different combo, you'll have a different destiny, which will fuel your end game scoring points. Yeah. Uh, it's, there's a lot of variety in that. Um, and we didn't really get through the act decks either. There was no chance of them running out. Oh, yeah. We there was, didn't even scratch it, did we? Yeah. The, there was the two hero deck and anti-hero decks. I think you probably see all the way through those throughout the game. We, uh, yeah. we entered the hero deck and because you were the only one doing the anti-hero <laughs> stuff, like it, that was less touched, but you still... And there's duplicates yeah. in those as well, so you you do see what they there's, do. But. There's like what there's a variation of each. There's like four different cards in each deck, and then it's a slight variation of a theme, isn't it? So yeah. it's like one will be like this will give you extra charisma, exactly, this is extra wisdom. Yeah, yeah, like you know, drop drop one up down the lightness track, drop one down it, that sort of stuff. Um, what did we think of the rune casting compared to like dice rolling or? Card I was going to say, is that being done in gaming yeah, before? I've done, not really seen it. Uh, the last time I remember seeing it was in Roombound, a fantasy flight game, and I was dead right. cynical about it. I was like, oh, it's just, what, just use dice, you know, what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. And now it's like a thing. It's like a rune casting game. And I liked it. It was like, I felt a bit like a Viking doing it. It was like, from a fantasy theme, it works. Um, I suppose really you're mitigating the look from dice chucking, really. Like, you know, you're taking something that could be like a one in six chance of succeeding or, you know, a two in six chance, and you're making that 50 50. And. It was a bit like, you know, you're talking about um, the, the dice you're getting like Street Masters and Brook City, where you always get something from it. This felt a bit like, a bit like that. The the basic dice, most of them, it's success or fail. But then one of them lets you draw a card. And when you've got to the point when you get in the um, extra dice from like Intelligence, they'll all like, one will score two or they'll score one. And you take the the bad dice, the baddie dice, the dark the ones. They're always score you'll get one success you get two success there might be a penalty for getting the two successes but you know you're guaranteed that one which could make or break a particular challenge so it's it's nice to see rather than just have it here's some dice it's a mechanic it's look based to go for it it's a bit of a twist yeah and, and it, what one of the each dice each set so three dice runes yeah call them runes runes um, <laughs> definite runes um so every stat of all six has three runes that you beat that's the most you can cast depending on how many you yeah. collected and the third one of each one is like a powered up version of it so it gives you yeah. more successes or on a miss it allows you to draw cards yeah we'll get a yeah, so even then it's not it's not you're not missing out at all you might have not beaten it that turn but you're prepping for the next one again yeah it's it's a nice way of doing that yeah and on a 50 50 to have that in there as well it's pretty cool it's it's good i think it's probably more of a novelty than like you know a, like a groundbreaking sort of mechanism but it, you know it's it's not breaking anything i think it anything. works in this yeah. though oh yeah totally yeah. no one and got it's frustrated. as much fun isn't it shaking the runes up as rolling a bunch of dice yeah like, yeah and it's easier to get about 20 of them in your hands and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Them out on the table and also because they're not like you know fully you know six-sided they don't roll so much. They're a lot flatter. They're a lot heavier on one side, so they'll just like hit the deck, bounce, and hit the deck again. Yeah, we had, we had no floor, floor scrabbling for dice to be the No, tonight. exactly. <laughs> if this was like Kingdom Death and we were trying to roll that many dice, it'd just be everywhere. You'd need a <laughs> dice tower. 
new mystery dice turning up in corners of the room. Yeah. <laughs> where's, this, where's this extra one? One thing that I do like about this game, based on interrogation of the box, which is a sentence that we've never used in poor Chitless before, <laughs> is um, there's two expansions coming in 2019. Um, or there looks like there is anyway. So even just if that's just extra cards. Yeah, it's bold, isn't it? it yeah, prints, yeah, yeah. The first printing of the first, what is it? The first print run of the first. So this is, yeah. So the, what the edition we've played is edition one, print run one, which you no, know, hopefully people will buy it and send it to a second print run or a second edition. I but, think they must just know from the Kickstarter. Yep, it's done enough. We're definitely going to run it to. Yeah, we've got, we've got a few hundred copies left over. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's nice to see the um. You know, there's there's some fore planning. Um, you could be cynical and think, well, they should have put the expansion material in the original game if they had it. But you know, costs and businesses, and they don't. You know, they might have only half developed it. So you take your cynical attitude elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and until the expansions do arrive, I'm keeping a box insert, which I never normally do. Oh, the box insert's it really nice. Works. It's like a, a Stonemaier game one way. Yeah, like, oh, all the pieces go in the places. It comes with its own complete storage solutions, which stops you from having to go to B and M and buy in your own. I've got all these hobby boxes going to waste now from home bargains. It's, it's a terrible, it's a terrible logistical nightmare. You'll have to start putting um, these well put together games. Start putting your needle and thread. Buy some more games to justify it. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so is this a board chit list recommends? Then I'd I'd probably go out and play this if someone was moving away and I didn't have access to it anymore. I'd like to play it again. We played it with, <laughs> with the family and it was. It was fun with them as well, and I I think it'd be a great one for the start of the night, you know, yeah. another light one before we get into a big dungeon crawler or, you know, eclipse or whatever. Um, it's, for me, like you said, Seven Wonders sort of scale of just light enough. I don't know if you'd want to play it again straight away after you played it, but it wouldn't put you off, you know, coming back yeah. next week and, and doing it kind of thing. You couldn't just sit there and, like, play a campaign of it kind of thing. Um, no. Definitely. It's fun to play. It's great to look at. The room casting is lovely. The rules are dead simple. And and I don't think we'll play it again now without having a quick recap of the story at the end of the game because it was a nice little just no. narrative touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, and and, and uh, I'll be honest, I didn't really get that much of the flavour as I was playing. It was definitely after the fact. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so this is what's happened kind of thing. Uh, there was a couple of moments where you're like, I'm going to take on the Dark Lord. Yeah, you know, and then you just like oh, I, I got a seven. There's one or two encounters that I went up against just because it sounded cool. You know, really? rather than like you, you just threw the caution to the wind and were like, "That sounds better. I'll do that." Yeah, like you know, I was still looking at like what sets I was after or whatever. But if given the choice, I'm gonna try and fight that demon army. Um, it felt a bit like you know, um, Evil Dead Three. It was, it was cool. Yeah, it's Army of Darkness, isn't it? It's the and, best. and the uh, Shadow of the Colossus one. Well, it wasn't the Shadow of the Colossus, but you could it climb. The you could cross, yeah, the options yeah, were yeah, yeah. you could climb. You had it. to do it. Yeah, that yeah. was your your destiny. So I, I think I failed climbing it. So then I just so stabbed that, it in the what leg. Does that make me then? If I was the one that took over a gang and became a crime lord, <laughs> if this is reflections of ourselves, mafia, yeah, 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 the crime lordy one, the mafia <laughs> expansion. It's not a criminal. Yeah. Although you're a really good-hearted criminal because you ended up like with the, the least amount of corruption, didn't you? Yeah, just because you weren't an evil magician. <laughs> there we have it call to adventure then you know if if adventure calls you answer call it call back <laughs> yeah reverse the charges I don't know we need to work on this metaphor so whilst whilst we do that and send Sam to the right will not be appearing in the box <laughs> Call to Adventure down with the ancient world. What was the ancient world? Just second edition. Oh, 
the second edition of the game. It's the upgraded first edition with second edition components, actually. Worth it. Worth it, yeah. So uh, it's a Ryan Lorcat game for a start for two to four players where you play as a civilization that's been hounded by really, really big things that have been eating your people for centuries or decades and you've been on the run and you finally found a place to settle down and now you're going to fight back and do an attack Ooh. on Titans. You're building your little empire and it's a worker placement game and the second edition upgraded components do improve the game in my so, opinion. Yeah, it's not just the components. There's a few little tweaks as well. To yeah, a couple of rules tweaks. Which, which make it better, I think. So in the, in the old version of the game, you would build your empire. It's a victory point game. You're collecting different coloured banners. The more banners you collect, the more points those banners are worth. And you're building a little empire. You're building little wheat fields and growing them bigger and getting big armies. Yeah. And then you're fighting the titans back that are um, attacking your villages and stuff. But in the original, the, the Titans just sat there and waited for you to kill them. They didn't really interact with you. Whereas in this one, it's a very simple change. Every um, player starts with a Titan in their town and there's going to be one every round uh, attacking your people. So the whole motive for the game is changed rather than just sitting there and collecting victory points. Yeah, You have to do that, but you also have to couple it with defending your people, building bigger armies, racing each other to get the best resources to take down the big bads. Ryan Lorcat, the designer and illustrator has also gone back and re-illustrated every single card to make them all sexier and betterer than the original version. He just can't help but show off, can he? With his <laughs> it's a showboat. Impressive artistic <laughs> ability. Um, and it's awesome. I actually kind of wish I'd bought the second edition game rather than just the upgraded components because there's little changes to the board he's made as well and stuff. But it's fantastic. Like all of his games, it looks beautiful. It's all his artwork. It's quite sort of impressionistic. But on the table, it just looks gorgeous, very bright and colourful. Yeah. Uh, it's really evocative. Very much like his style fantasy, uh, kind of cartoony. Yeah. Um, but gorgeous to look at. I really enjoyed the first edition. I really enjoyed this version. And it's one of those games that I'm always happy to break out and play. And that's even after tonight when I had a horror show of a game. <laughs> Literally played the worst worker placement game play of my life just kept shooting yourself in the foot just yeah just got into a a bad run that i got tackled by titans early on and that was it my people were starving everyone went to rat shit (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah and it just got worse every round but i still sat there and vicariously enjoyed watching all of you build your own empires Um, (laughs) yeah so i like had the worst possible gaming experience of any game ever and still enjoyed it. <laughs> so that should speak highly. But that's me going on with myself. It's time for you to. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was a good game. It was a, a bit more head scratchy than Call to Adventure. There was. There's a lot going on, on the board. It was nice to actually play this game properly because I think in the past me and you have played a round or two just to like look at the game whilst we're waiting for Sam to arrive for a game tonight, and then we put it away and then played whatever we were playing that night. So it's good to sort of follow through post turn one and see what actually happens when the Titans roll up everything's just nice there's good weighty components to the game the mechanics are just streamlined really there's about just four actions, placement yeah, game, isn't it really about four actions you can do isn't there like put a civilian down buy some send your army off to fight or pass and everything just seems to have sort of a couple of different layers so like you send a civilian out to do an action if there's ambrosia there you can kind of claim that first everything feels like it's a race um, if you're going to be the first to get the military, you're going to be the first to try and fix stuff and get the first player token. And I always felt like I was a step behind with this because you had the Colossus sort of breathing down your neck. 
I was like, right, I need to get my army out now and kill it. But before I do that, I need to get a scroll so I can actually afford to buy the army. But then Sam's bought the army before me, so I think I'll be cheeky and I'll buy a market, um, a building, and then I'll realise that I forgot about the money that I needed to actually pay the military in the first place. So you've got to like really be on top of it. And there was a few times in the game where I just sort of miscalculated the resources I needed and it sort of like bit me on the bottom, which is good though. You have to be really have your wits about you. Yeah, the starting Titan um, is, is kind of like a ticking time bomb going off. So as well as the the placement and that that mechanic going on, yeah. um, you, you're acutely aware that at the end of the round you're going to get smashed by it unless you unless you have a go at it. So it's quite interesting that you, you were saying that that wasn't in the original version because to me that would it, that was a the game, really right? yeah, yeah. yeah really cool uh, idea and it yeah it kind of maybe put two or three turns aside to sort of build your empire but then one you know two of them like building the army and then attacking yeah um, aside from that there's three other titans that are constantly on the table is that right yeah, yeah. And, um, it's like a but, titan market yeah, All at different but I did, yeah it didn't yeah. really interact with as you say if that's what it was like on the first version because I, I didn't yeah. really pay too much attention to them it was more like clearing you 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 start a titan to sort of protect your time. I was the same. I was trying to focus on my own territory. So when titans were coming out to me at the start of mm. each round, I was dealing with them with the exception of one round where I just had to like, just roll the dice and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, whereas Sam was spamming the titan decks <laughs> to the point when we all thought he was probably cheating. Um, at one point, I think he used military about 15 times in one round. I don't know how he could afford it, but he did it, the bugger. I was using magic. It's magic. <laughs> magic uh, I think, soldiers. I think part of the reason I was playing like that was because I was used to the first edition. Um, so the first edition was it was much more of a race. So you'd have three decks of Titans out for each level, easy, medium, hard. In order to get those banners, you had to be beating the other person to kill those Titans. So you were trying to level up your armies fast enough to beat them. So you could quickly get through a deck, take out the little ones to collect all the banners, which is your point scoring at the end. So I was still kind of focusing on doing that to get through those. So I, so I had the time in front of me. I was like, well, this is a 7.1. I've got 12 fight here. I'll go for one of the big ones first. Then I'll see if I can deal with that. rejig my army. And then by retiring your army, what you do is you pay for your army each time. Once you've paid for it, you can't use it again until the next turn you've paid their wages. But what you can do is you can use it and then recruit a new army and retire that first one. And what that means is you can then pay for that one you've just bought. Um, so attacking a Titan is a free action but to recruit an army costs an action. So I was able to attack a Titan. I keep calling Titans. Are they Colossus or what are they called in this? Titans. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd be attacking Monsters. a Titan with the army I had, retiring them, which they were then contributing their stats again. So they might give me an extra dagger or arrow on top of the other one that I'd just bought, and then I'd be able to use that again. So it was, I was getting through two, sometimes three Titans in a turn by doing that. Constantly, and I just sacrificed like all buildings. Just stopped, didn't build anything. Didn't really worry about expanding my populace. I was just going all out fighting. And I think that's how that kind of worked out well because I was just collecting banner after banner, and at the end, I had yeah, you had mad bonuses, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, you had an awful lot of um, sets going on. But it felt I really like this version. I think it's a lot better than the first, and I really we played the first one a lot. Yeah, it's definitely it. It just feels more polished, but um, not just the, the fact that the Titans attacking you. The components so each civilization board is so much bigger and better now it has like a tracking system for how much gold you're earning each turn and how many buildings you can make 
it also we didn't play it tonight because it was your guys's first game but you can flip those over and have unique player powers for each different race that you can play as um which should definitely definitely be is next time yeah <laughs> that'd be cool um yeah. and you don't you don't see everything you know there's there's so much variety and so you're going through the market deck and it's it's getting cleared down every turn and then halfway through the game the market deck is removed from the game and you get like the secondary market deck which brings in a whole new bunch of cards which are bigger better more expensive and in this second edition there's now a, a third market deck that's in play from the start and it's super expensive but higher scoring um victory point cards which you know if you're in the game i wasn't but if you if you're still <laughs> in the game at the end those can be game-changing ones that really rack up the extra points and give you bonus vps and stuff and i think he's like there's there's a whole stack of extra cards in here i think and i think some of them have been polished some of the effects have been tweaks and stuff but the overall effect is just it really feels like a good second edition a really nice upgrade and it's just it's just a really enjoyable game it's it's simple to process you've got three workers to begin with you can get up to five workers by the end of the game so it's not like it doesn't get out of control um each worker has a skill level so they can like the higher skill level you can block other people from using your actions um in the first game that was a straight up block in this game in the second edition you can just pay a gold now to use the same space which neuters it a little bit but i think it's fairer because getting completely cut blocked from doing an action is is just frustrating i think and Mm. this way it still punishes you but it keeps you options open kind of thing yeah and it's it's still quite difficult to actually generate the gold so spending a gold although it seems quite frivolous actually you know can be the difference between deploying your military or not at the end of the turn yeah so i couldn't afford my military by like two and the other final round, which really frustrated me. But, you know, it's, it's just the way it happens, really. And it's a big pain, right? Because if yeah. you can't do that one, if you can't take that Titan down, it's it's not only that you've wasted the turn kind of thing or the round, the Titan is then going to stomp you, roll a bunch of dice. Yeah. It will destroy your buildings, potentially eat your gold or your people and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And that effect can be hugely negative in what is an otherwise quite Euro-type game where you're, you're placing workers, you're collecting points and everything else you've got this rogue element of these monsters rampaging through your cities and if you don't tackle them uh it can get out of control that's certainly what happened with me i think i only managed to tackle the first three or four and then fell so far behind you know that all the people were dead and it was just chaos but it still a new word went wrong and i was compounding it by you know not not pulling back from that position, but not dealing with the situation. Not just, dealing with the situation. <laughs> just, just blink. Just have more babies. It'll be fine. <laughs> have more people. Oh no, they're all starving too. <laughs> but no, it's just and it again, like with Call to Adventure, just looks great on the table. It's got the lovely fantasy theme. I think maybe it's kind of on that lightness level where you're not really drilling down into the storytelling, but everything that you're doing, every action that you're taking, is like cool. I'm building an army, or you know. I've got wheat fields or i'm attacking a titan and it's just nice simple effects it's not medieval farming or taking <laughs> horses to, you know, yeah or cows to, to sell cows it's not like there's anything wrong with that yeah it's like slightly <laughs> slightly higher than viticulture isn't it on the complexity scale really you know it's yeah it's, and it's not I like viticulture, to learn, but, but it doesn't have titans attacking your winery yeah the theme's amazing yeah there's quite a range of titans as well with crazy names and like hell stompers yeah, stompers yeah and calamity vulture <laughs> Frostwolf. yeah and the starting titans for each player are really nice they fit into the player map perfectly so the background art will mix in with the clouds and like you've got this weird serpent coming out of the sky at you right from the start oh, they're watching you aren't they they are right yeah but the first one also it's a bit of a gimme like you start off with 
basic military, which will give you like free attack points. The Titan requires free attack points to defeat it. So what you got to do is make sure you have two gold left over at the end of the turn to defeat it. But it still makes it feel like a choice. It's like, lulling you, you into a false sense of security for the next round when yeah. the next Titan that comes in is going to be a rogue element that you don't know how to Definitely. deal with. It. You can only score victory points really by collecting sets. So each Titan's got you know um, a banner associated with it, different colours. Um, you can get those banners as well by building buildings, by um, bringing... Some um, some sort of discovery cards come into play. So discovery is the wrong word, but um, like settlement cards, and they all build up. And if you get one of each type of banner, it's worth like two victory points. You get two, it's worth like four, and then it's eight, and then it's up to twenty-two if you've got six. So that like that curves really sharp. So you have to really like knuckle down and make sure that you build up a, at least one set of six to start scoring points. And if you've just got loads of banners, but you've only got like one of each or two of each, you end up being quite far behind. And in a couple of like worker placement games, you rely on like, right, I'm going to get a victory point for like gold at the end of it or from having this scroll. I've got some ambrosia, so I might have like one victory point for each two of those. You get nothing. If you've not spent it before the end of the game, you are done. And it might come into a tie break, but it won't because Sam's killed all the titans that exist. Bastard. That's kind of the point of the game, though. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's what nice. do you think of the graphic design, does? Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, as you say, the sort of impressionist kind of art style, bright, lovely, contrasting colours throughout. There was a couple of moments where you were like, oh, what does this action do? And I'd be like, oh, that adds, you know, like you can explore and you can draw five mm. cards when you explore and that one just adds a sixth card. And straight away you'd be like, oh, yeah, because it's like once you sort of process the iconography... It's all really self-explanatory. Yeah, it's yeah. dead slick. Yeah, too heavy, and it's just got a little curvy arrow if it's a reoccurring resource that you get uh, at the end of each turn, and then the banners are just—they stand out. You can see them at a glance because that's ultimately what you—you know—trying to yeah. plan what what to get through. Even down to yeah. like the military having the reward on the front as to what it'll be if, when you retire them. Yeah, so you can quickly yeah. see like which one you want to retire, so you, you know what it'll bonus it'll give you afterwards. That's quite nice instead of having to turn it over to have a look. Yeah, everything's it's a small thing, in front of you, isn't it? All the information that you need right at hand. Yeah, yeah. Especially when quite often those cards are covered in coins. So if you were having to flip those, it'd be a pain in the, yeah. pain in the neck. But um, yeah, just to have it just in the top corner. It didn't cost anything to bring them in other than dedicating a man to training someone up. And it's quite satisfying counting up like all of your swords and arrows, isn't it? And you're like, oh, yeah. I've got 12 attack. I can take yeah. down anything. <laughs> Or everything, in my case. Yeah. <laughs> Until you can't. Or nothing, in my case. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, like the great design, it all just goes towards it being, as a game, just, pl- it was really fluid, wasn't it? There wasn't any sort of long dragged out turns. Like there's a few where, like Discovery, you can make a choice out of yeah. the four cards, but then you can pass on to the next player whilst, whilst, you're, whilst you're yeah. choosing. It went along a... Yeah, nice the, pace because of that. The AP starts to creep in towards the end, but it's not really anything that's shocking. You're not waiting 15 minutes no. for Sam to tell you that he's finished his turn 10 minutes ago. I don't think it outstays its welcome either. In terms of the playtime, I think it was about 90 minutes, maybe a little bit longer. But it, Probably a bit, it, yeah, it rattles through. And I don't think you'd want it to be too much longer. The ending kind of creeps up on you. But if it was longer at this complexity, I don't think it'd be as satisfying so I'm thinking about his other game, Empires of the Void, which is a really nice game, actually. But it's longer, and it's kind of this sort of complexity level, whereas if you are going to go longer on a game like that, you'd probably want to play Eclipse or something instead that is meatier and 
yeah. you know, big beefier experience. Whereas this is just long enough so that you feel like you've had a good, you know, you've built a civilization, you've destroyed a bunch of Titans, you know, you've racked up a load of points and you're done. It, it doesn't go too long where you're like, I'm still building stuff and still fighting Titans. Yeah. Um, but it's not so short, like call to adventure where it feels like that's just a start of the night game we'll play that and then we'll play something big yeah it was one of those games where at the end of each round i felt like i needed two more workers each round regardless of where i was at in the game and i, I think, think that's just a short a, sign of a, like a decent worker placement game isn't exactly, it? exactly yeah can't do enough yeah and because some of the worker placement games that i played recently um they do seem to be over quite quickly so i was a bit concerned was this were we going to be plowing through this because we went through the first couple of rounds quicker than i thought but it turned out to be a little, little bit lengthier and it gave you enough time to have a good crack at the titans have a good crack at like building a, your city your empire getting yeah. the, work, the workers out so and there was no way that anyone could kind of end it early um or sort of race ahead and you made a proper time. dent didn't you your your sieve was like really quite big by the end of it it's taken down loads of titans i think yours have been a really competitive score if sam hadn't romped yeah away yeah I, yeah i titans. could see it was, i was waiting i mean it's the first time i played any version of this game and i kind of just went with your advice of just like take down the titan that's in in your sort of citadel so i just kept trying to manage those but it kept kind of working out so it yeah, somehow I just sort of chugged along and I never really had a disaster moment. Um, I was kind of waiting for it to happen. Um, but by <laughs> the end, I thought, oh, I'm doing all right here. Then Sam came along. I was there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I was cheating the whole way. <laughs> was it not just a case of playing Snap with the banner cards? That's, that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, but you have to um, pretend that you've not used your military four times each round in order to do that. You see the coins racked up on my military. <laughs> I think as with Call to Adventure, who won is irrelevant. You know, the, the fact that I won Call to Adventure, for and example, lost is irrelevant. We don't, we don't need to dwell on, you know, and those victories. Oh, we're all. still writing our end lost. stories for Ancient World, aren't we? Tristan's <laughs> going to publish that in a blog. Optioning the rights. <laughs> I suppose before we sign off, the question really to you and Sam would be, if someone owns a first edition would the second edition be such a requirement or the upgrades to the second edition components be such a requirement that they should just th- go out and do it? Or I think tra- trade in the first edition to get the second edition. Just, just get rid and start again. I, like I've, li- I've had one play of this and that's how I feel on it straight away. Well, if, if you can get the upgrade pack, just go for that. But um, I, yeah, did, I, was, I didn't even realise that was a thing. So Yeah, that's what this is. It's still okay. a first edition box, first edition board and everything. It's just the cards and yeah, play play boards, boards and isn't stuff. It? In that yeah, case, do yeah. that. <laughs> or by the second edition, or by the second edition yeah but um no it's definitely if you have the first edition and you're like no i'm happy with this one you are kind of missing out because the the extra stuff is definitely worth it even just for the illustrations alone uh, but the gameplay is just it cranks up a notch yeah i think significantly. It's, i think it's a very separate game i think going like i said earlier that the first edition is more like a race the second one because you've got the titans right in front of you because the rule changes it's instantly more tension yeah. And, and it, got... it didn't happen in this game either, but there's also the tension of if you don't take out your Titan, somebody else might. And that can disadvantage you because you've you've kind of missed out on the opportunity to get those extra yeah. banners yourself. I did think about taking out some of your Titans like a few times, but I thought... You would have helped me if you did. <laughs> That's why I didn't do it. <laughs> I figured I could just take out one of the other Titans and get the banners for that instead. But there was a few points where I thought about it where I saw like you had a five-cost Titan and I was like, well, I've got enough military to take that out, but I've also got enough military to take out a better one, like a level up. So I was like, oh, you can deal with your own one. I'm taking the bonus points here. But yeah, I think I do much prefer the second edition after only one play. I can't see why that would wane at all. 
there you go so if you've got the first edition it's well worth getting the upgraded components or just you know getting the second edition it's fun 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 uh, before we go just like to remind everyone if they can head to itunes and subscribe leave us a review and a rating that'd be lovely you can join us on the board chitless facebook group um on facebook just search for board chitless and we're available on twitter at board underscore chitless and that's all the places where you can find out about us probably listen on soundcloud as well you can also comment about the uh lucky's tasting cows you can if you go to facebook you can just like james did got any james pointing out how badly researched Great Western Trail was, but doesn't diminish how fun the game is. So, you know, we're going to take it out on you in the next game of Spartacus, James. There we go. So uh, until next time, I'm just going to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.